Warning, the episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 32 of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother, who is so eager to say something right now. I can just see it in your eyes. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I said anything. You know me, I'm so quiet. Oh, the most quiet person in the room, usually. The yeah. Both of us. Never a peep. Yeah, <laughs> we're both very introverted and quiet, and it's been a while since we've been able to record our voices. Yes, it's really funny. I've had a couple people, like three people in the last probably two weeks be like, because we haven't recorded, um, be like, oh my god, sometimes I can't tell if it's you or your mom speaking. And it's like, and then your mom says something super inappropriate. <laughs> then we know it's you. <laughs> I'm like, oh. uh, that's usually <laughs> Sorry, you. the wrong lady. <laughs> What's up, everybody? So, yeah, we have now the hustle and bustle of having a baby. So. A newborn. Please forgive Danica. Yeah. She sucks. Fuck. Something comes up, like, every other day. It's like, oh, now you have a rash head to toe. Oh, now you won't let go of me. Oh, you cry every time I put you down. Oh. She's great, though. She's Yeah, I mean, she's definitely super cute. Oh, yeah. Super duper cute. Um, yeah, no, she's super, super cute. She's doing really cute stuff, starting to smile. She's been smiling for a while, actually. It's kind of creepy, but yeah, no, she's, yeah. And I got to babysit for the very first time, so that was pretty exciting. You did, and you did a great job. I think I wasn't there. I was getting a yeah two and a half hour time massage, so. <laughs> yeah, I think I did a pretty good job. The best is I thought I only booked one hour. And then when we had to pay for it at the end, it was really funny. And I thought about it the whole time laughing. We smoked a big doobie before we went Oh, no. Yeah, it was funny. Surprising, but funny. But great. Very relaxing. (laughs) Yeah, super relaxing. Just what I needed. Good. Yeah, so we are here to record episode 32. And like we said in episode 31 it's going to be kind of a continuation it's it is but it isn't i mean you guys know you get it if obviously if you listened to the last episode if you didn't listen go back and listen go listen yeah because this one's like i said it's the second parter of a two-part but not really you guys will understand if you listen it's the real story yeah it's the real story of fucking the laverne's Oh, God. I'm still... I still have a headache from that episode. Still, what the fuck is yeah. up with Laverne? What the fuck, Laverne? And if you don't get that reference, then definitely go back and listen to yes. the previous episode because then you'll get the inside joke. Yeah. So, like we always kind of like to do at the beginning of Murder With My Mother is we kind of go over... Talk about some things that have been happening. Okay, first and foremost, obviously, there's been the convoy. We kind of made a joke last time, like, the truckers are going to save us, you know? Okay, well, that's turned into we were in a Canada-wide state of emergency because of, you know, some... Our prime minister invoked the emergency act of the country for the very first time because the protesters had taken over the streets of Ottawa downtown and... We're peacefully protesting. I don't really want to get into any no, of no. it because... It is current events, though. It is no. current events. Like, it's it's happened. Now it's, I guess, over. But I don't <laughs> think we've seen the end of it because no, I think no. people are just pissed off and... 
everyone doesn't feel that their rights are being recognized and the world is in a very very strange state of flux right now it is like is the ukraine gonna bomb the united states of america (laughs) like i just briefly passed that when i was looking at you know you're scrolling scrolling russia is going to attack the ukraine or take it perfect and so the united states has the has russia on a bunch of um different like cut them off from a bunch of money and Mm. stuff so the world health organization is also just like yeah just like (laughs) everything's kind of opening up now in the world I think people are just like t- starting to travel and yeah, a bunch of the provinces the dropped their mandates. I mean, well, and I think a lot of places are opening just because they can't, nobody can survive anymore. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. That's still going on. I always yeah. laugh when I hear, remember episode one of the pandemic when we thought it was only like yeah, a three parter, but really it's a two and a half year or it's forever. Yeah, I hope it's not forever. Like, I hope we come out uh, of it. Whatever. I'm hoping that some of this stuff eases up. And, yeah, I mean, it's very divisive, right? Either way, it's very – it's just – I don't well, like Well, everyone's that. fighting with everyone Yeah, now. it's crazy. And, like, People are on fucking edge. I just I just like to observe. People are edgy. Well, yeah. we're observers. Yeah, we're not we really confrontational. <laughs> I mean, if shit – gets confrontational then we're if i have to kill some people because they're stealing my fucking last food then i'll do it but until then i'm just gonna sit and watch where the chips fall there you go we're gonna listen to other people talk about murdering other people from from then on and just sit (laughs) back in a camping group on facebook because they asked (laughs) if they can use a fire ring (laughs) like it's so stupid like everyone is fighting about everything yeah people are just looking like oh yeah people are cunts yeah so another thing, uh, not a very, I mean, it's history again, okay? It's not political. It's just what has happened. Residential schools. So we have covered this topic a couple times. Um, I ob- obviously always like to touch back to it. Um, well, it is history. Yeah, because we the, remember we covered the first episode where it was like, oh, my God, they found, was it 2,200 babies or, and bodies of kids that attended the school? And now we've searched. So there was 139 residential schools in total. That's the total number of residential schools. And they've, they've searched 20 of them so far. And the count, which this is so outrageous the count of bodies that has been discovered is 7310 in total which that's only 20 schools there's roughly 120 more schools for them to search so i it's just it's just sad i've been taking the opportunity in the last little while to educate myself about a lot of the history that surrounds this and how our indigenous people were treated and how residential school affected everyone everyone and everything and still and is generate it's generational trauma and the 60s scoop and all of that and i can't believe that i didn't know so much of this as a citizen of this country and someone whose ancestors were responsible for all of this stuff and we didn't i didn't know any of it no but also because i think it's a dark part of history right they're now kids are learning about it kids are more 
aware of things that have happened again with it's generational the beginning trauma, of learning right? about yeah. it and i think that yeah definitely it is a dark part but it needs to be brought to the surface which is happening right now because i mean there's still a lot of people in denial like i've talked to some people that you know they say things like that aren't appropriate about it and they need to educate themselves mm -hmm. and that's what i've been doing that's the part that i've been doing that has been i think my duty to do yeah it's well it's like to learn from don't the just, mistakes of my ancestors yeah don't just bury your head in the sand and you know that's something that did happen and it was horrible and like you said it has lasting effects and has had lasting effects and and it didn't even happen that long ago no it's still no, happening literally like the I foster think, care system and yeah stuff. well i remember someone saying to me and again i haven't looked into this too much but that they're trying to give indigenous kids in foster care iud's under the age of 12. Like, what the and fuck? so I would assume that they're because, okay, if, if someone is sexually active under the age of 12, that's probably something you should be concerned about. But is that because kids are still being molested and they just don't want them to, you know, to have babies where it's like, well, that needs Arr! to be visited exactly, like, very, right? very, very much because that's I understand, terrible. you know, being older, um, of you know not getting pregnant stuff like that being but but that's not a, a discussion that be, should that's be abuse. happening exactly no one's allowed to have sex under the age exactly of 12. yeah so yep so that's something obviously we kind of like to update you guys on not a really great thing to be you know it's it's horrible it's it's necessary it is necessary so it's that it's 100 exactly and that's the thing about ugly parts of history is yeah we would like to bury them and pretend that they didn't happen but i feel like like you said that is something that can result in it not happening again so well and genocide continues to happen and happen and happen and happen all over the world mm -hmm. and so if we as a supposed forward-thinking nation can have it happen here we need to learn from it well that's just it right and so like you said to avoid history repeating itself and to kind of open people's eyes to that i think it's good that we keep it at the forefront and keep it talked about and keep it just how unnormal it is it should be normal that that's something that should never happen and should never be repeated well and also to pay respect to the people that have suffered due to colonization exactly know? exactly so another thing i wanted to touch on which this okay this is something for me probably for you too because it happened so long ago there was always these two bodies in stanley park they were known as babes in the woods there were two little skeletons they thought they were just two kids between the ages of five and ten and they had never ever ever been identified their bodies were found in 1953 but they think that they were like they're actually murdered in 1948 well they were finally identified so like a, a lot of cool things that have been happening in the dna speaking parts of things is they've been using familial dna to solve a lot of cases like you know we saw the golden state killer be solved because it's like what their second cousin yeah did a familial ancestry dna whatever i don't know if it was that exact one one of those dna sites and it's like 
oh, your third cousin is the fucking... Do you have a really weird yeah. cousin yeah. that, like, maybe lived in Ontario? Who or... was, like, maybe a <laughs> cop and, like, maybe got away with, like, what, 10 rapes and 13 yeah, murders like, or something? Crazy. Like, I can't even, I mean... All the fuckers that did shit like this yeah. must just be like oh laying in bed at night. Yeah, so all, they all think they're better than everyone anyway, so probably not. Exactly, they probably never think they're gonna get caught. But it's 2022, motherfuckers, and familial DNA is coming for your ass. Yep. So, but anyway, the babes in the woods have been identified, and my hunch was always, and I've shared this with you. So they've been identified as six and seven year old David and Derek Dalton. So. What originally, when they were found, they were found by the groundskeeper of Stanley Park. And if you guys are not familiar, Stanley Park is a huge park that we have in Vancouver, in the right in the middle, the heart of downtown, and and it has the whole seawall. Yeah, the aquarium beautiful. is there, which fuck the aquarium, but it's there. Um, there's lots of stuff you can go have like horse carriage rides fuck which fuck those too, too. Those yeah also. they are mean so this is just pretty much a fucking mean part and fuck coyotes too because they killed all the coyotes there well are we saying fuck the coyotes or fuck the city fuck for the killing city. them fuck. yeah but anyway that coyotes were attacking kids it was getting <laughs> out of hand but they have been identified and You're raping everybody up in here hide <laughs> <laughs> your kids hide your wife so they, because they, when they were originally found, they were found side by side. There was a hatchet right beside them. They had obviously been bludgeoned to death and they were covered in a woman's jacket. That to me screams that it was a murder, obviously done of like passion. Maybe the person had mental illness, kind of freaked out, killed them. Yeah. It was like uh, something that was done really hastily. Oh yeah. And like then like, rage, oh no, oh yeah. no, let me put my jacket over their bodies. Cause that is something you see in other cases where guilt overtakes and them. And love actually. Like, yeah. Like yeah. trying to make them warm and trying to give mm -hmm. them something after you trying to be like, anyway. Them. Yeah. So I hope my kids are warm now. After yeah. I after them. I killed them. So I always assumed it was the mother or the grandmother or someone of some, a woman a close yeah. to them. So it actually was confirmed that they believe it was a woman Probably the mother. Yeah. Well, I read another report saying most likely the mother. Yeah. And she actually would have died about 25 years ago today in this time. Oh. So she was alive for quite some time. And you and I have discussed it. I mean, around those times, I think they just came here from Russia. They just immigrated from Russia. Maybe they didn't have a whole lot of money. The kids looked super hyper. And they the did. They did. See I them. mean, not that that was a reason. No, to them, no. But they did no. look like <laughs> they were upside down. Yeah, like... and most of the pictures you see of them, yeah. yeah. And apparently, other people in the family had kind of been like, "Where's Derek and David?" And they were just like, "Oh, they left. They went away." It was kind of pushed yeah. because there's family members. There's a cousin that lives right outside of Vancouver who was interviewed and just kind of said that nobody ever. It's so weird, though, in the past. Like, now people are so much more investigative because, like, well, back in the old were, days, but... it was like, oh, no, those kids ran away. Or, oh, oh no, okay. those teenagers, they all ran away, all 17 yeah. of them or whatever. Yeah. Now, everybody, like... Well, look at that fucking Don't Fuck With Cats. These yeah. people saw this guy, fucking Luca, oh, this guy fucking killing cats and they found they tracked him down by what vacuum cleaner and they fucking yeah put on his picture like it's crazy so if you want to find shit out today you can find shit out today well because we're a bunch of creepers now exactly we're like definitely all into each other's business exactly days. 
So speaking of getting into someone's business, I think we should hop right into this episode because it's been almost 16 minutes. There are some other things I kind of wanted to go over, but you know what? They can wait until after episode 32 is completed. So with that, mom, what do you say we hop into episode 32? Episode 32, The Happy Face Killer. Yes, the continuation of our last episode. So again, if you have not listened to the last episode of Laverne's What the Fuck Are You Doing, Laverne, (laughs) uh, go back and listen to it. And then come back and listen to episode 32. We will talk to you in a minute. In a second. Yeah. Fuck. Keith Hunter Jesperson was born on April the 6th. In 1955, and he was actually born uh, close to here in Chilliwack, British Columbia. He is a Canadian born, but he is an American serial killer known as the Happy Face Killer. And that's because he drew smiley faces on all of his confession letters that he wrote to various people for a long time before anyone paid attention. And as we covered in the last episode, the letters that he wrote all over public bathrooms, mostly at truck stops, which... Yeah, because he was... If you want to be taken seriously, (laughs) you know where to do it. Because that's where where people wrote before the days of the internet. I mean, I remember a lot. I think we also touched on this last episode. I remember I've read a lot of shit in the bathroom. You did? I've read a lot of stuff in the bathrooms, yeah. I don't know if it was just my era. Clearly not. Well, this was in the 90s, so. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't. I, for me, I never understand how people have a fucking Sharpie in their pocket every fucking time they go into the bathroom. I just would never remember. Like, I'd be too busy wiping my bum or whatever to know, like, okay. <laughs> I just let me hold on a minute. Let me write this. Maybe I would poop more often if I sat there and wrote shit Maybe. The you should try it. It's like opposite of reading your writing. If anybody writes on the bathroom walls at my place of employment, please do not think it's me. <laughs> so like we've discussed with lots of different serial killers, his dad was an alcoholic and really domineering. So he had two brothers and two sisters and his, I guess, even his grandpa, his dad's dad was really violent. So it kind of just ran in the family, I guess. And like we just discussed, generational trauma, obviously, if you're going to get beat the shit out of, you're more inclined. I mean, it goes one or two ways. You're either more inclined to do the same thing to your children or to really veer the other direction. But clearly his dad was just... I think also when you're born of a parent that has uh, rage issues, a bad temper, whatever, you don't actually know that it's not normal to act that way until you learn it later on. That sounded like you were talking a little bit of experience. You just don't know. You just, how would you know? How would you know? Right? Well, exactly. Honestly, for me, I've learned that people communicate in other ways when they're angry other than yelling. Yeah. People don't really yell a lot. I wouldn't fucking know that. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Because, well, I mean, for me, when I'm mad, that's why I'm fucking yelling, you know? Like, I'm fucking Yeah, but that's because, yeah. But that's because... But not anymore, really. No. No, no. That's what I mean. We don't even yell. Like, I don't even know if that part of my vocal cords work anymore. Oh, I bet if you got pissed off. Okay, well, back to the story. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Keith had, like I said, two brothers and two sisters, and... He, for some reason, he felt, I mean, I don't know if obviously his feelings were valid. Again, most of the stuff we talk about comes from the mouths of the serial killers or people around them. But it was said that he was treated less 
then. Like, the rest well, of his siblings were kind of treated a little bit they, yeah. better. Yeah, and I mean, I think with him, he was, he grew into a very large man. And he was always very big for his age. And it was said that he was teased a lot and uh, called baby Huey and stuff like that. And I mean, Igor. Igor. Eeg. Eeg. Just, like, mean, and kids are mean, so. Well, and our, Danica's brother, my son, was, is huge. Like, he was, <laughs> he was bigger than his grade two teacher. Oh, he's been huge. He was, and what, 50 so, pounds at one? Yeah, so he, he always seemed like he was older and slow because he was so big. So I can kind of, like, see why Keith Hunter Jesperson was feeling that way for sure well and again things that you go through when you're a kid like the meanness of other kids or other people to you when you're going through your development mental stage in life is a big is big I mean, yeah but it's not big enough to kill eight people so no but he also by the time he was five was killing and torturing animals yes, which so we all know one of them the triad yeah so that's never a good sign no. So. so he was consistently getting into trouble, including twice attempting to kill other children who had crossed him. In the same uh, trailer park that he lived in. Yeah. And he would brutally murder animals and, yeah, like you said, try, try attempt to, to yeah. murder other kids. So he graduated high school and then he became a truck driver pretty much right away and yeah. had three kids and got married. Yeah, only when, when he was 20, right? He was pretty yeah, young. Yeah, he was a young father. So he, I mean, okay, I might be biased, but truck drivers are pretty, I mean, when you have three kids, you're kind of in and out a, a lot all the time. And there's a lot of different serial killers that we've talked about that are truck drivers because you're in one city, the next night you're in another city. And well, you and you be, could be just driving around and see someone that, looks yummy or whatever and be like hey if i killed that person no one would even know and exactly plus you have most trucks have beds in them and a whole almost like a house right because the truck the truck driver lives essentially on these long roads lives in the bed of their truck so so weird yeah they were married for him and his wife were married for 15 years and then they got divorced. He saw his dreams of a ma- being a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. That's also another dash. It is like because a lot of killers want to be uh, cops, also. Yeah, and if we didn't say, he actually had already moved down to the states with his family when he was pretty young. He moved yeah. down there, so he's no longer in Chilliwack. Thank God. I mean, it's not good to commit murder anywhere, but. But why did he want to be a Royal Canadian Mounted Police? Probably because, as a lot of people do, you hold on to your past. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still wish I lived in Port McNeil sometimes. <laughs> and I don't think that's even a valid wish. No. It's just because you romanticize your past. Do you, you regret know? having me and even having to move here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Anywho. you know what? I don't blame you. Because that sounds like a lot. So, as we touched on it in the last episode, in 1990 is when Laverne Pavlinak did not murder Tanya Bennett. Um, What really happened was uh, Keith, because he had now, like we've touched on it, had had this divorce. 
he was easily triggered by things. So he said in the last episode that he murdered Tanya because she had said something when they were having sex. Something that pissed him off. She didn't want to have sex again. No, it was like, get out, get it over with or something. Yeah. Something. (laughs) I swear I put on silent. But something like that. Something like, get it over with. Are you done yet? Something that it pissed him off. So he bludgeoned her with his fist to death. And because he wanted to avoid uh, any fingerprints being found to place him, obviously, at the murder, he cut off the, what was mom? The fly, the the button fly of her oh, yeah, of her acid wash jeans. jeans. And then we know that Laverne Pavlinak uh, spun it and, well, she full, full took full credit for the murder and pinned the rest on her boyfriend when she probably could have just got a restraining order or... Kicked him out. Kicked him out. But anyway. So Keith Jesperson was also someone that was a total attention seeker his whole life. And he now was not getting the proper credit for the murder of Tanya Bennett. So he wrote it on a bathroom wall, I killed Tanya Bennett. Which, again, it's probably, like, phew, because, you know, phew, dodged that one. This old fucking lady just took full credit. But I'm sure as time went on and as we see he continued to to murder, then he obviously was... Like you said, he was kind of like, what the fuck? That's my, like, this bitch is taking credit for my, for my handiwork, essentially, right? Yeah. So. Hey guys, it's Danica. I know you've heard our commercial of First Sense Dog Dry Shampoo, but now's your chance to get some for yourself and for your furry companion. Use promo code MWMM10 at checkout at www.firstsense.ca for 10% off your first sifter pack. These things are awesome. With the Sifter Pack, you can try all three scents. Restorative Cedarwood, Purifying Peppermint, and my personal favorite, Zen Lavender. That way, you can say goodbye to those stinky car rides home. I promise you and your fur baby are gonna love this product. Now, back to Murder With My Mother. So as we know, his first murder took place, uh, Tanya Bennett, in January of 1990. And then the next time we hear anything about him um, was April of 1990. He was in a shopping center parking lot in Mount Shasta, California, which is a pretty cool place, actually. I was there once. My truck broke down. He was approached by an intoxicated woman carrying an infant, which don't really go together very well. Both the women, woman and the child ended up drink. in Jesperson's car where the conversation started. And she introduced herself as Jean and the child as her six-month-old baby. And the conversation soon turned sexual. Because what doesn't scream sexual more than carrying around a six-month-old baby? Oh, God. So they drove to a In the parking lot of a mall. (laughs) Sexy. So they drove to a remote location and she was performing oral sex. While the infant, the, baby? the infant lay in the back seat, and Jean stopped and asked to be driven home. Just uh, stopped suddenly, yeah. Way? Maybe he had smell or something. Oh, dick cheese. So <laughs> Jesperson forced her to finish the act and then attempted to break her neck. Oh, when my she God. became angry. 
So failing to break her neck and not wanting to kill the child, he returned the woman and her child back to the shopping center. Ah, oh, failed to break her neck. Like, what? So, that's a pretty fucking bad, like... Well, he was arrested at gunpoint in Corning, California soon after. And because he he had revealed a bunch of personal details to Jean. And so then was like, totally... you know what, I'm just going to fucking break your neck. And then, oh, you know what, that didn't work so well. And I don't really want to kill your baby, so get the fuck out of my truck and yeah. just forget everything that I said so to you. So Jean obviously went to the Mount Shasta Police Department and told all the... Because he, like, he literally spilled the beans about himself. Yeah, God. So um, the cops arrested him, him in another town, and he basically said that... Um, the reason that her neck got twisted was just an accident from the cramped space of the car. Mm. And he led them to evidence uh, being an empty liquor bottle and blah, blah, blah in the parking lot. And the police decided to believe him. Perfect. So he was charged, though. A charge was filed for sexual assault. It was assault. reduced to, like, a misdemeanor, right? Like, he just got, it, like, he, slap he, on the wrist, basically. Yeah, so he, uh, he failed to appear in court. So then a felony warrant was issued hmm. well it was a year and a half after the first time that we know that he killed uh so august 30th 1992 so that seems like it was more than a year and a half after his first kill but it was the body of a woman that he raped and strangled and she was found near blith california so he says that the james uh, so right now she's uh, she's jane doe but he said that her name was claudia and so a month after that, the body of Cynthia Lynn Rose was discovered, and he claims that she was a prostitute who entered his truck at a truck stop while he slept. Which, I mean, as you can tell about Keith, he pretty much blames everybody else for oh, everything. Oh, like every other serial killer. It was never his fault because she came in his truck, so why? Obviously, he's got a killer. Yeah, so this, another one, his fourth victim, uh, was another sex worker Lori Ann Pentland of Salem, Oregon. Her body was found in November of that year. And according to him, she attempted to double the fee she charged for the sex that she had participated in. So after the fact. Oh, she's running and a then, trick on him. Yeah, which is probably bullshit also. She threatened to call the police and he strangled her. And that he actually had a pretty big gap after that. It was more than six months. Yeah, and then in 1995... Oh, no, he had 1993. Oh, in 1993. A Jane Doe. Another Jane Doe. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we've talked about this when people live more of a transient lifestyle, when people live a high-risk lifestyle, sometimes they're really far from home. And sometimes, you know, you can catch a ride in Washington and end up in Florida and no one knows who you are. Well, and I think also the police failed to, like, really investigate the death of someone who no one's really asking about. And no, they, exactly. They just pinpointed the next victim um, as a drug overdose, but it was not a drug overdose. He strangled her and... Then in 1994, another Jane Doe was found in Crestview, Florida, and Jesperson claimed that her name was Suzanne. See, and again, living in that time, it's not like you can be like, pop on your Facebook and be like, hey guys, Justin, you know, yeah, just wherever, in Florida, in tag Florida, me in. like tag, you know, check in at this location. No, it was very like, again, if you got in a truck in Washington and you ended up in Florida and you didn't speak to anybody or stop and use a payphone, or, you know, nobody knew 
where you were. And so that's why I think that he was able to have so many of his victims stay unidentified. And even to this day, there's victims that he has that are unidentified because they were never able to be identified. Well, yeah, I mean, he was predominantly killing sex workers and he didn't know anything really about them. I mean, he was a talker, but I doubt he really listened. Oh, for sure. Fucking no. He does not strike me as a listener. No. (laughs) No. So, yeah, he claimed that his fifth victim's name was Suzanne. And then in January 1995, he agreed to take a woman, Angela Surprise, from Spokane, Washington, to Indiana in his truck. Uh, approximately a week into the trip, Surprise became impatient and began to nag Jesperson to hurry up. Uh-oh. Because she wanted to see her boyfriend. That's where she was going. So in response, um, Jesperson raped and strangled her. Well, that's and then, what you get, I guess, for complaining about taking too long. And then he, yeah, he definitely has some valid excuses for killing people. Well, and he's what? What did we say? Six foot seven? Six foot five? Six something foot five, like that. yeah. That's fucking huge. Yeah. So it's almost like he just had a really short fuse and imagine like he could literally i'm surprised he didn't break the lady who was walking around her net you know with her kid in the fucking yeah parking lot because he is a big he was big he was six foot six and 240 pounds yeah that's crazy so this lady surprised that he was that was getting impatient and nagging him so he raped and murdered her And then he decided he didn't want anybody to be able to identify her. So he strapped her face down underneath the trailer of his truck and Mm. drug her until she was, had nothing left of her face. Well, and we know that that can cause a lot of damage to somebody being stuck under a vehicle like that. Yes. So he actually, with that one, no one even really knew anything about it because no one even found her until he said that he had done it later. Well, and if you're going from to Spokane to Indiana, again, that's a, those are uh, the only person that probably knew. And maybe she was even surprising her boyfriend who knew, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe she wasn't even his girlfriend. Like, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. We don't have very much information. Well, and that's on that. just it. When you, find out all your information from the person that is responsible for the demise of these girls and you know all these people that's basically where we're getting our information most of the time obviously there is other research sites and other people that have researched and sometimes their victims survive and they can you know tell you or but when it comes to things like this because he also claimed to have killed a lot more people than yeah he was he, ever well yeah for. we'll get we'll get to that but but you know there's the like the confession killer. What was what's his name? Oh God, everything's on the tip of my tongue these days. Fucking baby brain. <laughs> Fucking has baby mom brain. brain. I have like some kind of postpartum amnesia. I'm pretty sure. I also had COVID, so I don't know if it's fucking that long. Who COVID knows? Shit. Yeah. Jesus. Like I'm pretty sure I have. You've been through a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, we. I don't even fucking know where I was going with that. So I'll just pick up where you. Perfect. Left off, That's exactly then. why we're fucking match made in heaven. So one thing that Jesperson was not was really smart because, you know, he's cruising around killing all these people, and he probably would have gotten away with it for a really long time because there are. What do they say? There are at least. 
right now there's at least 99 serial, serial killers, killers active, active in the United States. Yeah, and I guarantee you probably like 80 of them are truck drivers. Totally. So he could have just kept his run going, which I'm glad he didn't. No, but he could have. However, the last victim he's that like, I'm just going to the last person that he killed things. Was actually, he had a girlfriend this whole Yeah, it was time. his own girlfriend. So it was his girlfriend, um, Julianne Winningham. And so she actually was why he got caught. She was kind of a transient woman also. She traveled around and I, I heard an interview with one of her best friends and said like her she needed to get her shit together. She was a real free spirit. I'm pretty sure she may have also been a sex worker that was just kind of hitchhiking around the country, mm-hmm. which to each their own, yeah. whatever, seeing the world. But when she showed up missing and then later dead, uh, it came down to a lot of people had known Keith Jesperson through her mm. and he had actually signed transfer papers and sold a car. And he looks like a fucking weirdo. So yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, once they knew like, yeah, it was her boyfriend that was with her last and he was six foot six and <laughs> he drove a red, what kind of truck did he drive? I think it was, was a it Kenworth or a Peterbilt. I think it was a Peterbilt, a red one. And so it wasn't hard to find him after that. So that's how they found him. I mean, if you go and hang out with someone a bunch of times, you probably shouldn't kill them. No, that's probably the, should be the first rule of thumb. But I think a lot of kill, killers don't follow that. <laughs> yeah. And then PSA for all the killers that are listening. If you hang out with someone a lot, don't kill them. Because yeah. you'll be caught right yeah. away. And if you're not caught... You could just write a bunch of happy faces in different bathrooms. It might work a little quicker these days. People might pay more uh, attention. Maybe not. I don't People think. are on their phones now on the toilet, so they're not even going to fucking look at the wall. True. You'd probably have to start some kind of app. Yeah. Bathroom yeah. app. <laughs> well, I was thinking Bathroom maybe. confessions app. There you go. Like I'm going to start it. Like Nobody secrets. do it. I'm already going to start it. Nobody like do it. Like secrets, yeah. except for it's like, shit, I murdered someone. <laughs> so that was in March of 1995. So he's done all of this in five years. He's killed eight people. Well, in he several says states. more. And it led police agencies in several states across the country to reopen old cases. So many well, of Well, and which, all this time, Laverne and fucking John are still. Yeah, because in that's jail. the thing. Like, La- Laverne Pavlinak said that her boyfriend, John, and her had killed Tanya Bennett. So no one was even looking for this killer. He was just like cruising around, killing people, looking for attention, but not getting any, you know? Well, and that's the thing you see in the interview that we watched with the detectives. It's like they feel so guilty because it's like this Tanya Bennett was his first murder. So if they it could have all been prevented. Exactly. Exactly. So fucking Laverne. Yeah. It always circles back to Laverne. I don't know. but (sighs) I would like to do a full ass episode on just Laverne. Well, we did. (laughs) I mean, like after and like what could have even made you ever do that? birth to death (laughs) so yeah i mean they finally found out that he was serious because he told them the location of tanya bennett's purse and only the killer would have known that and that's kind of how he got them to know that it wasn't laverne and john that killed tanya bennett 
And also he had written a bunch of confession letters and left them at his house. And when the police started questioning him, he called his brother from the road and said, go to my house and get all those papers and rip them up and flush them down the toilet. But instead of doing that, his brother actually called the cops and said, so uh, here you're looking at my brother for these murders. And here's a bunch of confession papers and handed him in. Why would you ever write that down? Some people are just twisted, though. But that's also so when he got in, when he was, like we said, don't hang out with someone and then murder them. When he was arrested for his girlfriend's murder, that's when he basically was like, look, I didn't just murder her. I may or may not have murdered six other people. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And I also murdered Tonya Bennett. But he called her Sonia Bennett. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess five years and a lot of murders later just isn't good for the memory. But, yeah. So he subsequently was found guilty of all of these murders. Eight murders. But he tried to say that he had done, what, up to, like, 150 murders uh, or something? I think it was even more than that. I think it was, like, a couple hundred that he says he was involved in. But he also was, like I said, very, very, very much seeking attention. Yeah. Well, and by this time, he knew he wasn't going anywhere. So it's like, why not fucking take it, take credit for all these murders, even ones that I didn't do? We've seen that lots, though. Yeah. And what is his name? That other guy? Not Henry Lee Lucas. What's his name? There's another guy who confessed to, like, so many different murders, and he didn't do any of them. He did maybe, like, two or three of them, but not as many as he, like, claimed to do. Yeah, I I think that it's fairly common for people once they're caught to 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 be seeking the attention because as we've said before, a lot of killers are just narcissists and uh believe that they are the shiznit. Yeah. And so he is in jail with life obviously and he does not ever have the chance for parole. See, that is one thing I like about the uh <laughs> About the states. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's that that other side of it where it's like you have a doobie and you're in jail for 30 years, which I don't like that part. But, yeah, Keith Jesperson is in the Oregon State Penitentiary. And he's serving five non-consecutive life sentences. And he is now 67 years old. So he's not even that old. Like He's, he's the same age as my mom, actually, born in the same year. Huh. A little taller than your mom? Yeah, a little. That's pretty and much the only difference. There's there. actually, <laughs> if you guys wanted to look um, at some interesting things about this case, his daughter, Melissa, actually wrote a book. Yeah. And you know what? I read a lot of excerpts from her book and some interviews that she did. And she says that, I guess, what was it, about a year and a half after? So he had been pretty much in and out of their lives. Like I had said, he is a trucker. He was a truck driver. So he's constantly here, constantly there. He's all over. And after him uh, divorcing their mom, he was kind of in and out, right? So Yeah, he was like Disneyland dad, basically. Yeah, and so a couple times she said, like, she's like, I would get kind of the creeps from my dad. And one time they were driving where, unbeknownst to them at the time, I mean, he knew, obviously, but they were driving on the same road where Tanya Bennett was murdered. And he said to her something along the lines, I don't know exactly word for word. He said, word. I could create, or I could do the perfect murder. I could kill someone and get away with it. I yeah. could get the, have the perfect murder. And like, 
as they were driving right where her body was found. And obviously his daughter was probably like 10 or 11 at the time. She was 10. And she doesn't know that there's someone that was murdered that was found there. And, and everyone thinks Laverne did it anyway. So, but yeah, so it was very like, there's a lot of things she said looking back. Looking back at a lot of things my dad did and said, and he would like kill her animals. Yeah, and- he he one time they had a litter of kittens and he hung them all from the clothesline and killed them. Yeah, which is so fucked up. Yeah. Like, and thinking, I mean, it's probably best that he was in and out of their lives like that. Like, imagine having a dad around like that all the time. Like, no. oh god, what a creep. My dad's a truck driver and. He's a creep in his own ways, but I mean, I don't, you know, like just, I don't know. That's some stuff that's pretty traumatizing for you to grow up with. And again, growing up now knowing, because she wasn't that old when her dad was actually apprehended and was convicted of being the silence or the silence, silence of the lambs, run a whole new, sorry, the fucking happy face killer. So, yeah, so she has a book called The Untold Story of a Serial Killer's Daughter, which would be super cool to read. I think I'm I might actually read it. read it on my Kindle. Wow. Pretty sure I might pass do it, it over after you're done. So, but yeah. that is kind of all over the place version of the happy yeah. killer because <laughs> we'll get back into it. <laughs> I, you know, I think I really really appreciate you guys standing by us for yeah. us being absent for this last 2 weeks, but we're back, bitches, and in a couple more weeks, we are going to have the best episode you've ever heard yeah. in your life. So what we're going to do now is because um, we have, you know, kind of a full plate, obviously, we're going to be giving you guys an episode a month. So the next episode will come out March 24th. So that is a Thursday. Um, yeah. So we will talk to you guys then. I think we might make them a little bit longer, maybe. Yeah, let's do it. A little more research. Mm-hmm. A little more love. Yeah. So, until then. Until then, thanks again. And we hope you were riveted and enjoyed the episode. And Yeah, we love you guys. And my baby's screaming in the background. I don't know if you guys can pick that up. <laughs> so, yeah. Daddy's daddy's not daddy duty into it over there, I guess. So... Well, we love you guys, and we will talk to you next month. Love you guys. Bye.